bigger than mine. <laughs> Welcome to Embracing the Wild. I'm Abby Pagood. And of course you got that. <laughs> Actually, I did it. I just got the giggle. Okay. Well, we all know that that laugh goes to Audra Watley's. <laughs> Audra Watley. Audra Watley. And we're sitting here with Coffee in Pajamas. Okay, do you know what one of my favorite shows was as a kid? And when I say kid, I mean teenager. And then it was weird that I liked the show. Mm, no idea. Bananas and Pajamas. Never heard of it. Oh, my God. So they have like this. To- okay, it was like a Brit. It must have been a British thing. Because all the like the wobbles or wiggles or whatever. Those guys, the weird the weird four guys. And they like all had their colored shirt. And they were they would sing in their songs and be jazzy. Well, they had before them. They had ban- bananas in pajamas. And they were literally bananas in pajamas, bananas in pajamas. And they had like this whole startup theme song. It just always made me really happy. And I don't know why I would watch it, but I think I was like 14. <laughs> <laughs> and I it was like, we're bananas in pajamas and we're walking up the stairs, bananas in pajamas. Like, and I have no idea, but all I can think is underwear. But, like, I like so. Pajamas without underwear. I know. It was such a good, it was such a, it was really funny. It was a good show. But anyway. Okay, I counted how many countries we have now hit with our podcast. Uh-huh. And I forgot the number three times and counted it again. And then I was going to surprise you on air. And I now have forgotten what it was again. But I think we're in nine countries now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so we are no longer in the ninety, like nine percent America. We are now in ninety six percent America. Now we hit nine other countries. Fantastic! So yay, yay! <laughs> I don't speak any okay. other languages. Welcome, bienvenidos. <laughs> don't know what that means. So funny. So yeah, funny. I used I used to say hello, thank you, and you're welcome in like nine languages and I, I probably could remember a few now, but <laughs> I always remembered that everyone in Spanish class just learned Puedo ir al baño and so they could just like leave. <laughs> Like, they just needed to know, where's the bathroom? So they could just exit class. Yeah. And I never cared to learn, because I never had to pee during that time. It was right after lunch. <laughs> and But then at the same time, after class, I mean, I got really good naps during Spanish. So like, I just, I never knew what they were talking about. So I would go into a deeply meditated state now that I think about it. Yeah. And, now, and now I'm like, wait a second. You went into a lunch coma. And everybody else needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Well, now I'm actually thinking, holy crap, if we taught kids how to deeply meditate in the middle of class, how profoundly would that change school? Or if they just went to lunch and then after lunch had meditation. (laughs) Actually, that's a really great idea. I kind of love that idea. Right. Okay. So I had this, I had this little... Um, thought come over me and I don't know what it was. My husband was watching some movie called The Circle and it was like Tom Hanks and Emma Watson and I think it had something to do with like media platforming and um, media platforming and like 
transparency and wearing cameras and like just being your true self or something. And I think the philosophy was like, if you're constantly in camera, you're more likely to behave yourself because you're constantly in camera, but then you're taking away your human right of privacy and you're taking away like whatever the gist of not important, but this transpired a thought within me because there was, I did not watch the movie with him. I did not care because it was just a lower, denser vibration um, even though they make it look like Google and they, they make it look, seem like an Amazon place and like, hey, it's happy to work here and we love it and blah, blah, blah. And everyone here is happy. But then like everybody is not. Um, and except so on camera, except on camera. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and everybody. And that's the funny part is like your engagement with people was fake because they were on camera. It wasn't connected. It wasn't real. Like there was that human disconnect that. But I know, think. I mean, it's like, that's so true for life right now because, you know, it's like what people put on social, social media. media is it's not really representative of their life and how they feel and what they're experiencing. It's just, well, like, except for the moms that do the old lady, life. except for the moms that do the old lady posts where they like wrote like a 30 paragraph thing and they're like professing their love to the event to which they did or something like that. And then you're like, okay, but. Were you doing that for the attention seeking? Were you doing that to like, you know, as a testament? Like, what are you looking for? You know, like, cause it's like, would they have that same conversation with their parent or their best friend or like whatever? It's just like, sometimes there's a presentational appearance that's there. And so I see posts like that and I kind of like, okay, one, how how the hell long did it take you to write all that? Did you do that on your phone texting? Because that would take me an hour. Right. And then like, and then second, how many times did you have to edit it? Because well, your thumbs and autocorrect just kill you. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not like you could speak it out because mine constantly is missing translation like, all the time. Yet, did you take two hours and write it out on a word document and then copy and paste it in there? That's a good point. <laughs> Interesting. I need to start using chat GPT. But at any rate, I like watching just this clip of this part part of the movie where she like she regularly went kayaking. And so she would like have her nature and go kayaking or whatever and of course at the beginning she's poor and she still does this activity every day. Um but it was really fun because like watching her in that scenic view and then there was a moment where she was having a hard time and so then she like, you know, goes kayaking and then she like breaks down and cries and like in and she's engaged, right? And so the thing that I ended up writing is how much of your like how much of you is being actively engaged in your life experience? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like doing the things. Like when we're actively doing the things, is your mind wandering? Or are you actually embracing the experience? Huh? And like, (laughs) and like staying in the present moment without the distractions. And then are you allowing yourself to be immersed into your life and feeling all that comes with it without shame or disgust? Mm. And I thought that was really interesting because I was thinking about, you know, there's moments where it's like we, you know, we're watching the show or we're in our conversation or we go to the event, but then we do have a lot of distractionary thoughts where you're in your head or you're thinking about something that needs to be done or you're looking at something else. And sometimes we really don't take the time to actually feel into the experience to which we're living in, in that moment. Like when you're walking down the street, 
you know, you could be by yourself in nature. Are you actually looking up and feeling the wind in your face? Are you looking at the birds? Are you actually embracing what the sun feels like on your body? You know, like a lot of times we go for a walk and we kind of wander and it's like we're looking for something to be focused on instead of actually feeling into what it's like to have our heartbeat or breathing or those types of things. And I, it made me really um, kind of focus in how a lot of us are kind of like wanderlusting through life, not fully engaging in our life experience. In the moment. Yeah, I would say that the majority of people that go for walks or runs, it's not even they notice the bird or they're distracted by what's around them. They have a podcast in their ear and they are not present to what they're doing at all. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that that is the majority of people. Um, you know, where it's like when I go for walks, usually me goes with me and it's like I'm connected to what she's doing. And so I'm like, oh, are you checking your P-mail? Oh, that's nice. What's on social media today? <laughs> She sniffs, sniffs, sniffs somewhere, and then she gets really fast, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're on a poopy run now. You know, <laughs> got to get to the field, the open field. But you're being you present know? in but the moment like with I'm your dog, with her, right? Right. Um, so it's like you're it engaged with her, with her, right? And you know, sometimes we have conversations of like, okay, well, this is the fence up here where the dog is going to bark at you, so you're with me and you're safe, and we just have to walk past it, okay? So just ignore him; he can't get out to hurt you, you know. <laughs> So, but, but you're it's in, like that. It's like I'm in the moment with my dog. Right. Right. Which but that to I me is actively engaged. Most people, it's like when they're walking the dog, they're on their phone or again, they're listening to their podcast or they're doing something else other than being connected with, you know, they're dependent. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like this episode kind of reminds me of like back in the day when we were kids, yeah. the generation before us, it was like if you got in the car with your grandparents, the radio wasn't on. Like, it was usually silent, or at least, or like, or it was for me. Like, it was quiet. You sat in a quiet freaking car, and then you literally so were like, well, I mean, and then you're prying at the glass, being like, I need something to look at. But, like, your child, right? Like, so it's like, but it was just sitting in the presence of silence. Like I was choking on cigarette smoke, but that's okay. <laughs> you were you were actively engaging in breathing. Whoa. Yay. Desperately looking for air. But it's that, but like, it's, you know, it's, it's really how much do we teach our kids to be okay in silence, to be engaged in conversation? I mean, like I should be freaking exhausted right now because I was up like super late last night, just having a really great moment with my kid, just having conversations and, and she just had all of these questions for me about my troubled past of like my crazy upbringing and um, like some of the abuse I endured and what, and she just wanted to know mindfully, you know, like what a daily experience was for me in comparison to like how her and her brother are and how her friends are raised and those different things. And so it was really nice because she like had all these questions. And so we stayed up and was chatting and whatever. And I stayed up way too late, obviously, because, but like, I don't know, I feel really great today, probably because it was a great experience. It was a great experience. It was good for me to be able to have those moments with her, especially when she's at the age that she is where she's 
curious and we want to have those engaging conversations with our kids and like get them to the next level of who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And if we don't take the opportunity, you know, like there, there, don't get me wrong. There are nights where when she's talking, I'm like, Oh my God, you like, I, I need silence. I need silence. Like the day has <laughs> been too much. But like last night was a very, it was a really nice, you know, conversation and just going through different experiences and things of that nature and relationship dynamics within our family and just her curiosity of things and of course she wanted to know more about dad stuff which of course then she asks you know my husband like her father like hey what you know what was it like for you because I only hear like positive things but I know that there's a history and things of that nature and you know, of course he responded like, this isn't the time to ask that. How about you ask me when I'm actually awake? Like, and then like went upstairs and then she's like, mom, why does he do that? Like, why does he, why does he do that? And I was just like, you know, it comes out in pieces. Like you have to, like for him, it's, he likes to tell a story like randomly in pieces. He doesn't like to just, you know, vomit it all out. And on top of it, he's also not a big talker. Um, so, cause he's very more in his head in his processing and sometimes, you know, he doesn't, and I like even just said, it's like, he doesn't think and talk as much as mom does. Like, you know, like well, some, not only that, I think a lot of people, they just go, it's in the past. Why that's what he does. Up? That's like, what he does. It's in the past. And you know, but, but there's, there's lessons to be learned from the past and for mm-hmm. her to understand how mom and dad tick, it helps her approach things right and I like that she's engaged in trying to figure that out and navigate through it especially at her age um but I think it's really you know and it's not that Rudy won't express because he does he does share the stories but like sometimes it's like even things that happen in the service I may not even hear it until I, I still learn new shit about this man like and I've been with him for 20 it'll be 20 years in April yeah. And that's insane because then that also means I'm old as dirt. Like, just <laughs> no, it just means he robbed the cradle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did. At least it wasn't a bad cradle. It wasn't like a 30 year issue. It was only a 10 year issue. So at least it's not terrible. So, but he is cute. He is cute. He is cute. He's a good looking. He's going to be 50. Yeah. He's going to be 50. I don't know what to do. Yeah, me either. I know. Oh. You're turning 52. <laughs> and I turned 40. No one's going to celebrate me because you're 10 years ahead of me. God. Yeah. We're hitting a half a century. That's kind of bigger than 40. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I know. Yeah, all of those decade ones are, are, um, are monumental is probably a good word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people struggle coming up on their 10-year birthdays, whatever that is, just because it's like, oh, I'm getting old. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, I kind of look at it like what's going to happen in the next 30 to 50 years of life is going to be mind-blowing. And I don't care what age you That's are. That's kind of fun. But, you know, it's like when you've lived the last 40 or 50 years and seen where we came from 40 years ago. To where we are now and versus just the the pace at which things are changing, what it's going to look like even 20 years from now. I'm having a little bit of a hard time with that, actually. Like, I don't know. 
why, but like this year I've been very much like aware of my age and like, I think some of it had, I think it was those stupid young people that started joining these marketing groups, which like, and I think they pointed it out to me. I think that's, I think you damn you like 25 year olds, like, like, but it was, it was like all of a sudden I wasn't the youngest in the room. And like, cause I'm, and even when I'm not the youngest, I'm still the more energetic. And now when I'm seeing those 20 something, 25 somethings and I'm like, I'm fucking tired, man. Like, what are you talking about? So like, you know, like, so like, I'm like, why have so much energy at seven 30 bitch? Like, like, like they're the sweetest people. And I think they're, I mean, and I really do like some of the next generation is like, they're entertaining to watch. But I am noticing distinct differences. Yeah. And then uh, that really puts me into my age. And then I'm like, okay, like that's new. And then I don't don't think that we ever like age out of how we felt in our heads at 25. Like we always feel like we're 25 in our head. But then we get around 25-year-olds, and you're like, yeah, definitely not 25 anymore. No, and my hips do not work the same. They just don't. My hips my hips don't do the same things. No. And, like, and so, like, and it's Especially like. after babies. Oh, yeah, dude, no. I can't even. It's like, I would love, I see kids jumping on trampolines, and like, I love me some trampoline time, but I'll piss myself. So, you're like, like you put on the poise and go anyway. Right, and then, like, here I'm sitting there like, okay, you know what? Like, Rudy and I end up going to the Joe Court. And I was terrified of going, not because I don't want to see, didn't want to see him. I was terrified to pee my pants in public. <laughs> and so then I was like, I even told Rudy, it's like, they need to be handing out the pens when you walk in. <laughs> like, this needs to be a thing. And I literally refrained from drinking water and any kind of liquid at least five hours before the event, I was freaking dehydrated as fuck. Like, so there's like... And then you drank alcohol too. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, so then it's like, oh, bladder incontinence is way out the window. Like, yeah. But it's like the mindset of the differences and like his whole show was always, it was about the old dirt stuff. Like, you know, like how he feels or, you know, just the different bowel issues and the different like things that happen to you. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking and I'm like, okay, my reflective state is I go inward and I start thinking about all the things that I'm setting out and trying to accomplish now. And I have so much that I want to do and so much that I'm trying to create and so many goals and so all these different things. Things are slowing down. Things are faster. So then I'm slowing down and faster, right? Like I'm slowing down and then the world is faster. And then I'm looking at like this reflective period of, okay, I have, I still have all these goals to do. And then I look and I'm like, crap, okay, how much time do I have left to accomplish these things? And then I look back and I'm like, fuck, I should have started early. But, and then I, but then I remind myself, dude, you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Yeah. But at the same time, I still like, there's like, I think about death, but not in the sense of dying and like what's to come. It's because I'm at the midpoint and then I'm like, oh, okay, now we're just getting closer. And I was like, well, we were getting closer the whole time. Yeah. And it's just that deranged, weird thinking. And I just, um, I think it's just funny how we get to this state and then we go through these different periods in our life and then... You know, and then you got the teeny boppers around you to like remind you, like, "Hey, I need quiet. Why are you still talking until one <laughs> o'clock in the morning?" I love you, kid. Yeah. So a couple of things are occurring to me. Like, I I remember being on a spiritual journey in Bali, and 
part, you know, part of it, we were on the bus a lot with, because we did, like, journey through Bali kind of things. We'd go do different things most every day, and most of the time when you sat in a seat next to somebody, they would talk the whole time. And there was this one day that I had this massive headache, and I really didn't want to talk, so I was just sitting there quietly, and I could tell the person next to me was getting a little uncomfortable that it was quiet, and so we just kind of had the conversation about, like, you know, it's interesting that people struggle to just be mm-hmm. in the same space together, and it's like feel the connectedness of being in the same space together, but at the same time not have to exchange words. I have never been good at that with my, in like my immediate family. Yeah. Not like not my not my husband immediate family like as a child. Right. Like my your aunts, mom, uncles, aunts, grandparents, uncles. whatever. Like when I, if I would everyone would sit on the porch and read and just exist. That was great. I was never comfortable doing that with them. I was always looking for conversational pieces, but I think that was also because there was like a disconnection of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, but I would say if you're sitting there reading, you're not actually being in the space. Mm-hmm. You're in your head. You're in your fantasy world, wherever your book takes you. I was never reading. They were. But always I'm just reading. saying they were, yeah. and so you're sitting there going, "Okay, well, everybody's body is here, but they've left the <laughs> they've left the Miranda, you know, <laughs> right, right." And so that's different than like sitting in the space and like really being present with someone else there without having words. Which that actually might tie into why a lot of the children, meaning my mom and her brothers and sisters, have a lot of emotional disconnection. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a harder time processing emotions and they have a lot of emotional disconnection, especially to like life events or different things. And um, like my mom less so than the rest of them because she became a therapist and put herself through the practice to which she preaches. And so, you know, and so like, I think that helped me be able to connect and open me up a lot more. So I'm Mm -hmm. very thankful for that. But I'm also watching like even my old, like not actually he's the baby. So my youngest, the youngest of the four is actually doing a lot of more self-discovery in recent years and more connected. And like, it's like, I'm starting to see him start to, really unravel and really understand the life lessons that my grandfather tried to instill in us. Mm -hmm. And so that's a beautiful thing. But then I'm also looking at like, they're in their sixties and they're just now like in, in two of them completely. Like if you say something on a emotional, spiritual, whatever, it's almost like pish posh, like whatever, like we don't have to worry about it. And it's, and I don't know if it's because, I wonder if that's a contributing factor, that when their parents were present, they really weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, you know, we grew up, and you're a little behind me, but we grew up in the generation where maybe our parents were there, maybe they weren't. I mean, we were running through the woods with a dog and just had to be home by the time it got dark. Yeah. You know? We sprinted, I sprinted <laughs> home. I Actually, I told my daughter about, you know, like... It's like, okay, so, you know, it's like we... A lot of us that are, you know, Gen X are close to it. It's like we literally, like, were present in the moment. We were playing in the moment. Most kids do. But we didn't have that pressure of someone trying to talk to us, someone trying to lead us, someone trying to engage with us. Right. You know, while like a lot play, of parents, While in play. Yeah. Right. You, you know, right in the moment. It's like we had to create our own play. We had to be inventive. <laughs> we started our own games. We, we would go games. for bike rides and go through trails. And we would I would make up my own languages and songs. Yeah. You know, like if we if I went sailing as a kid in our sunfish, I would literally 
I was just at one with water and I'd yes. be like, blah, 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 and like, and do all and the things and scream like, like obscenities and weird things because I, and me, and that doesn't change. Like, so like yeah. it was, it was, there was a, I don't know, there's a freeing spirit ability or quality that I don't see a lot of kids having today. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a lot of kids are skittish or nervous. I mean, even having to go up to, you know, a desk person to ask them a question about something in a store. And they're like, you do it. You do it. Like, because they don't have the, the gall to do it and to be active and engaging. And they're almost trepidatious to approach anything. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing that occurred to me, it's like, as you were talking earlier was like, thinking back to my mindset and being in my head at the age of 25, I felt like I had so many things that I had to do or that I was expected to do or that what was expected of me versus now it's like, wow, there's still things that I want to do and accomplish in this life. It's like, for me at this point, I'm really more focused on how do I really create a legacy for when I'm not here because I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, people that are going to be passed on to from me if I don't create it out in the world, Um, which is a very different perspective. But at the same time, I'm so much more calm. I'm so much more at peace. It's like everything that I thought I had. Is you're gonna goal. have to. I, you're. I'm gonna have to die first because I'm not gonna be able to take it. Yeah. Like when you, if you die before me, I will freak the fuck out. I'm just saying. Oh, well, I'm gonna live to be a hundred. So we're right. both at our halfway. Okay. Cool. I was <laughs> like, good. we could be the old biddies that like die. Like I, we could be the old biddies that travel the world together. Tra- okay. You right. know, and then like, and then I die first. I'm just saying, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, but- I don't know if I'm going to be, I mean, I, you know, I, it's funny because when I go into reflective periods with my daughter and things like that, I, you know, I, I said something to her and I said, you know, dad could totally outlive me. Like I could, I can actually see him outliving me and you having to take care of him. She's like, oh, I can totally see that too. And I was just like, but it's, yeah. but it's, well, I'm I, like, nah. no, but it's just funny because it's just like, kind of like you have like a glimpse of a random or whatever. And, and I was it's just like, like, I more see it. Like we're going to have to have a ranch somewhere with lots of little houses on it yes. because it's like all of my girlfriends with older husbands. <laughs> At some point we're all going to be single living on the ranch. <laughs> I know. And then, you know, what we'll do, we'll have like night coats with lights. So it'll be like, when we say goodnight, it'll be like, flick, 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 or whatever. Or then like. You know, or then it's like, hey, the dog's coming over. Like, and then it's like, burr, 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 burr. Like, and so we'll have, like, all these, like, Boris codes with our lights. And so it'll be like, like, <laughs> and it's like, what did you want for dinner? Beef. Like, like, <laughs> like well, that's, yeah. Bacon. Bacon. Oh, my God, dude. My kid ate so much bacon the other day. I, he's, he's now, like, semi-naturally becoming a vegetarian. And I don't know, like, I mean, except for bacon. Except so, for bacon. Except for bacon. Like, he'll still eat some ground beef if we put it, but he, like, he's nitpicking at protein. And I found that he's naturally starting to do it. He'll still eat his fruit. He'll still eat his vegetables. Good. But then he's, like, and he'll, but he loves his grains and starchy foods. But then protein is becoming like a, he's becoming a little bit of a picky eater. And I'm not entirely sure why. Like, even if he has pizza, he'll be like, that's too cheesy. Mm-mm. And he'll like back off from it. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea. Something's different with his taste buds. 
So I, but I think I think we all go through that. I mean, like there was a, a phase where my niece was just like, I can't eat melted cheese. She could eat cheese cold. Okay, but she still doesn't eat melted cheese. See, but he'll eat mozzarella sticks. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Mozzarella sticks are cold. Melted cheeses. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's like a weird. I, <laughs> it's, it's a we- weird thing. He's never he's never had a food issue. But then it was like so. Then I was worried about whatever. And then he. You know, and my Sundays have really changed. Like, my Sundays are, you know, my only day off. It's where I really want to spend and be engaging with my kids. And so, therefore, I will do all the things of, you know, make the morning breakfast and the elaborate whatever. Well, it used to just be classic, you know, pancakes, eggs, and bacon, right? Or, like, pancakes, eggs, and sausage. Now, our Sunday menu was literally... Chocolate waffles, which then I actually snuck in chocolate protein so that he could at least still get his protein. So <laughs> half. Yeah. And then, um, so he wanted chocolate waffles. Then he wanted bacon, which he ate like all but three pieces of the entire container. And then we had, we had smoothies. So we had to have a strawberry banana smoothie because that was requested by Leo. Leo also wanted popcorn. <laughs> and then what else was there? There was something else that got added to the list randomly, but I cannot I cannot refresh my memory. But like but it's weird. Like now all of a sudden it's like, hey, I want a smoothie. Hey, I want waffles. Hey, I want popcorn. Hey, I want like bacon and sausage and like here's an egg and like all this different stuff. And like now the list has gotten like it's not normal. <laughs> like it's not even close to being, you know, a regular brunch. But like it's all the fixins, and they love it, and they're happy. And so then I'm in the kitchen for like an hour and a half in the morning, and I'm happy. Like, I'm happy, happy cooking for the kids. They're put on a movie. We watch a family movie, and we just relax, you know. So it's, it's very interesting to see, like, some of the food tastes. But then what I decided was to put in protein powder into the waffles so that he could still get that. And then, the next, and then of course, all the waffles were gone, so he couldn't have leftovers. So then I woke up the next day and then I ended up making more waffles so then he could have them like whenever he snapped and I was like and then I could say you can eat as many freaking waffles as you want to because you're fucking protein in there bitch <laughs> like, like, like there's a part of me that goes I need a waffle maker hmm I had a waffle maker. I get fit protein in my waffles too. And then I'm like, do I really want to make waffles? I don't know. It's a, this recipe is awesome. It's a set. It's seven ingredient waffles. Okay. Uh-huh. It's got oats, mm-hmm. like oatmeal. Yeah. Um, and then you've got your gluten-free flour. Then it's like a little bit of maple syrup, a little bit of oil, a little bit of um, protein powder, protein powder, <laughs> then your almond milk. And then, a teaspoon of like um, apple cider vinegar, and then a pinch of salt, and I think that's it. Yeah. And then you just mix it together, and like nice. it's delicious. And sometimes I'll put a little vanilla extract in there just to give it a little bit of different flavor. I might put in some seasoning, like like in the fall, I'll put like cinnamon or nutmeg or whatever. But honestly, this is the same waffle maker I had in college that I bought in college for ten dollars. Oh, how funny. <laughs> and it still works. And it almost broke on me while I was using it the other day. But then, of course, my husband fixed it because he's amazing. And he does weird stuff like that for me. Yeah. Mr. Fix-It. Yeah. Yeah. He really was. And then, like, I, today he, like, changed the light bulb in the closet. And then he drained the shower. And, so like, he just. Sent, he sent me one of those T-shirts that says. 
something like, I forget what exactly what it is, but it's like, yeah, I know things and I fix things. He does. He hates fixing things though. He hates fixing things. I like, if there's one thing that my, one of my goals for the future is to like make enough money that I can have other people build shit and then he doesn't have to do it. But but you know, it wouldn't be done right. True. However, (laughs) however, I do think I do want him to be able to spend his time doing something that he chooses and wants to and not stuff like having to be Mr. Fix-It around the house. Yeah. You know, because he's really good. But if he wasn't busy working, he might actually enjoy those kinds of things. I don't think he ever would. You don't think he ever would? Uh Uh-uh. I was going to say, my dad used to enjoy them after he retired, but... I think he likes putting something together so that he can play with the kids. Mm. I think he likes being able to, you know, put Mm. together a basketball hoop so he can play and engage with the kids. But then... I also remember when we had said basketball hoop, that was a lot of swear words in the neighborhood <laughs> at, from, I mean, and he had started at a practical time and then let's just say it was hitting 12, one o'clock in the morning and like the F-bombs came out and yeah. So like, I think he probably woke up the neighborhood. Thankfully we were in Arizona at the time, so it didn't matter. But like, <laughs> but, um, but he, I mean, he... And the same thing actually happened with the trampoline. Like trampoline, the same thing happened with the trampoline. Um, but a lot of those nighter projects were because they were Christmas presents that were yeah. special, specially delivered by some reindeer. And um, yeah, so he did them at a certain time so they wouldn't be seen. But then, yeah, like... I don't know how he didn't wake up the children. Like, Santa's saying fuck everywhere. <laughs> like, like, Santa's cussing in the driveway. Yeah. And throwing shit. Because, like, so, like, it was like, motherfucker, why doesn't this go in here? Doom, doom, doom. Like, like, so it was, it was actually quite entertaining. But at the same time, it was like, he was the, he's the dad that, like, <laughs> will put the connect for the, like, the whole grandiose and build it for them so they come out and then it's built and it looks all luxurious and you yeah. know and it's like yay and then yeah but then he, but he always does it for the kids I don't think he ever enjoys doing it hmm. I don't think he ever enjoys actually put building and putting it together but it's the aftermath is what he's he seeking enjoys. yeah mm-hmm. he likes to play yes <laughs> yes and he's so weird he's like a baby whisperer too like as soon as they pop out of the oven he's like look what i can do with them like and then they're like a puppet and yeah. like and you're just like what is wrong with you like i'm uncomfortable i'm like oh my god there's a human and i'm responsible for it and he's like look it it's a toy like, I'm like how the hell are you so comfortable with these babies like but he's that's just how he is wow so yeah he's definitely unique <laughs> I didn't get that gene. I, you know, I... There's a reason I didn't have children. Yeah. You know, some pe- it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Some yeah. people just don't want kids. And I have a tendency to make friends with people that don't want you know, children. Th- it wasn't that I never wanted them. I mean, there were there were different times in my life where I really did. Was that I, hormones or you actually did want kids? Um, one period probably was hormones. But there was another period where there was a particular guy that I, I really could see, like, how amazing our kids would be. Yeah. And, you know, it's like when that didn't work out, I was just kind of like, eh. And, and then in my 30s, I really did want children. And it was very hard for me to go to all the baby showers. and It was emotional. Yeah, it was very emotional. 
um, you know, there was a lot of times that I cried in a bathroom because that just wasn't happening for me. And here I was helping women with fertility and <laughs> helping them have babies, but it just, yeah, you've knocked up a lot of women. It, yeah. <laughs> it just, um, you know, was it just wasn't in my cards and, yeah. you know, it's like now I actually see the freedom and happiness in it, but, and at the same time I struggle with like, there is something about society that says when women don't have children, there's something wrong with them. Which is or like they're true. not successful or right, which is whatever ridiculous. it is, which isn't true. And at the same time, it's kind of like, mm, you know, especially when it comes to like marketing and all that sort of stuff. Especially when I started out, people would be like, well, go to mom's groups. And I'm like, but I'm not a mom. Right. You know, it's like I don't have those mom's groups to connect with. I don't, you know, connect on that level because it's not a part of my life. I'm pretty sure there are plenty... Of- I think there might be some non-moms that go to the moms groups just for marketing purposes. Yeah, but I never felt like for but me that's that weird, that was, right? Yeah, I was going to say for me that didn't feel like it had integrity. Yeah, that's I, weird. I felt like I was... But see, but you've yeah. always been like, okay, so like even with my sister, you know, she doesn't have kids and I don't know or think she... W- I don't know if she will. I mean, she, like the clock's running out because um, if I'm turning 40, then she's 43, 44, She'll be yeah, turning. By then, it's like, you know, at least for me, around somewhere between 41 and 43 is when my body just started going, yeah, that's that. No. It's not I happening. would never want to have kids in my 40s. Like, I mean, like, I'm exhausted. Like, it, thinking about having a baby after, after having my kids, like, in my older years, is, I don't know how I do. But the difference is, it's like you would have energy for that one. Because the chances, I mean, unless you did, you know, fertility where you had twins or something like that. That's actually a really great point because I'm already exhausted from the other ones. Yeah. Okay. And if I didn't have any and then had them in five, seven, eight, ten years, fourteen years at this point, you you know, where it's like, had you had that life of success and built your foundation for, right? You know, your life, then you know, that's like there's a lot of moms that have their babies between thirty nine and forty two, that um. You know, it's like they're mm-hmm. really amazing, even though, like, their body is tired or doesn't recover as quickly or whatever as somebody in their 20s. Um, they just really have this sense of, like, there's just way more wisdom and knowledge mm-hmm. that goes into mm, raising that kid. Well, and it's different because, like, raising a kid in your 20s versus your 30s and versus your 40s, there's it's a really, it's, really big difference. And yeah. it's, and you can see the difference in my kids because, you know, it's like your our, teens versus your twenties versus your thirties. Literally <laughs> like my old, like our oldest is tw- just turned 26, yeah. like in Jan- like January 13th. And so, and then, you know, Leo is 15 and then Kai is seven. So we, I like, literally old, have a kid in um, like in every, how old were you when your oldest was born? Not yours, but Little Rudy, I was 14. Yeah. So I was 14 when Little Rudy was born. I started raising him. I met Rudy when he was six. Yeah. And then after he was six, um, like I really became full, like full mom at seven and a half. Yeah. Um, And so that is, and it was different. It was a different mommyhood because he was already grown. So there was... You yeah. know, like you it didn't was have more the baby times. Than no, that, that role programming of a subconscious, right? And then, like, <laughs> and I still did all of the mothering things, right. but at the same time, there was also um, 
you know, like he was a boy, like I always was trying to be mindful of, you know, like I didn't know how much nurturing you did for them, like at that time, because he wasn't, he also wasn't my, like I didn't give birth to him. So I wasn't nurturing him from the beginning. And then also, you know, he has a biological mother, but she wasn't really fully engaged. And it was just, it was just very, very um, different. But the interesting thing is, is like, there are probably a lot more engaging things that I did with little Rudy than I don't get to do as much with Kai because I'm busier and more committed to in my career right now. Mm -hmm. And so I find that there are days where I am, I'm sad sometimes, like if I've missed a bedtime or, um, or I have like moments where, you know, he's home all day, but I didn't really get to play with him. I got to give him hugs in the inner, like in between things, but it's like, I'm very much deep in my career right now. And so, like, Leo's been amazing. I was fully engaged and fully got to do probably the most with her. Um, like, just with the nurturing and the activity and, the, like, we were, we were just more together um, in play and conversation and going to and from. But I was also in different stage of my life where I was just getting my career started. So it wasn't, you know, a lot of my creations and ideas hadn't started yet. Um, and, and good, good thing that it didn't. And now it's like my mom very much helps out a ton, way more than I ever give her credit for, like way more than I ever give her credit for, because she will handle the driving like that. I don't have time to do like she, that is huge for me. Like, cause that's saving me hours in a day where I can actually put my effort into what I'm trying to do. And she understands and she's totally been supportive. And even though I'm home a lot when Kai is like Kai is home, but at the same time, she just she'll jump in and she'll help a lot. But then I also notice that Kai probably watches the most TV out of any of the three. Yeah. You know, and that part bothers me a lot. Like, you know, sometimes Rudy will be like, well he's on in front of a screen all that like whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's because it's my fault because I'm busy. I'm busy in my career and then like I don't have another option other than to hold him accountable when he does his soccer or when he reads or does his different things. So I, you know, like there's, there's different state. I see the different stages of aging and like how I'm a different parent and it's like I'll be more engaged and present now than maybe sometimes in my youth because I might have been distracted or overthinking things or, you know, trying to grasp at stuff, but then I'm busier in my appointments. So it's just, it's just a different, it's different. different. It's very different. It's like the amount of time versus connectivity and quality. Right. And the time that you do have. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's fascinating just to look at. And part of it is the generation they're growing up in. True. I was going to say they're not that far apart, but at the same time, it's like, you know, seven years versus it is, it has been a really long time when you look at the concepts of like how, you know, like from 2000 and what year was Leo born? Eight. 2008 to 2015. It's, it's like, like somewhere in there is where I just like completely and totally got behind when it came to technology. I mean, like, just I don't know how to do anything anymore. I know, and and it, and it's and I'm like, a vet, and I'm more advanced than you are, and I still feel like an old biddy, right? And it's like that was that window of like you know, technology just took off and it's in and on and 
over everything. Kids do TikToks in less than 30 seconds, and I it takes me a fucking hour. Yeah. Like, I, and I'm still like, I how do I TikTok. post this? How do you share this? Like, I stopped posting on social media because I'm like, it takes me forever. Like, yeah. and I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. And mm-hmm. it's like certain things of like, settling. there's all these new programs and software systems to help you with your business. And I'm just like, do you know how much time it will take me to learn how to use that? Yeah. I don't have the time to learn how to use that. So, I mean, I mean, I love that they have these things available, but like, damn, I like, there is a curve and I don't even, I, yeah, I, I just had a, a conversation with, um, you know, the person that helped me build my websites and I was like, okay, look, you know, I've got this one going over here and I've got this one going over there and I've got this one on this software that's crazy, stupid, expensive, and it's way too hard for me to figure out. So we need to like back it up, make it simple, make it easy and who do I talk to to do that? Mm-hmm. And so I have a meeting with somebody and I'm like, okay, make it simple for the old lady. <laughs> yes. It's really hard. And I mean, and like, it's as like much I, as... I don't, I don't feel old, but at the same time, it's like, that's, that's very clear. Like, but technology has done that. Like oh it's gosh. just transformed. And like, I've been watching this show. I said, apparently we have Apple TV and I didn't know this. And like, <laughs> so like, I, I don't know what it was. Like I've had three shows that I've been dying to watch on Apple TV and I'm not because I didn't want to pay for another streaming service. And I just was like, oh, we're not going to, like, that's not, we have, we have enough. We're plenty. Like, you're yeah. just being weird. Like, eventually it'll come on some platform and I'll catch it in five years or something like that. And so then next thing you know, there was like a movie that Kai wanted to watch. And then it said that it was on Apple TV. And I was just like, oh, too bad, buddy. Like, it's on Apple TV or whatever. And then he's like, oh, we have Apple TV. I'm like, since when? And he's like since the last time you wanted to watch a movie a couple months ago and like I signed up for the seven day trial and I was like and did you cancel and he's like I don't think I did we have Apple TV yay (laughs) and then he's like and then I was like I've been wanting to watch these three freaking shows and he's like surprise now you can like, you know, I, was, I was like, now that you're saying that, I'm like, maybe I should take advantage of that three months of free Apple TV that I got that I, I know. haven't been using because I was like, I really don't want one more that I can't find anything to watch on. Okay. So <laughs> the worst part is, so it was, it was the morning show is what I wanted to watch, which yes. is with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, right? Because oh, okay. I like both of their acting. And so I was really curious to see like what it was like. I really love how they have depicted and done done this show mm-hmm. because anybody can watch it right now regardless of your politics regardless of what the world is going through and they did a really clean way of handling the times and the changes and the verbiage and all the things oh nice so i've like like part of me has watched the way the world is now and like new up and coming like how they handle covid and all the other things and i normally cringe and instead, it gave me more of a viewpoint of, like, what people in New York were actually going through yeah. and how their brain, like, of course they jumped on to how everything was done. Of course they did because that became the norm for them. Yeah. And how they did, like, you know, the mask wearing and the stay away from me, six feet, and like, all the different things. But, like, they didn't do it in a way that made you feel, like, haunted and irritated. They did it in a way... Where it's like, okay, I'm seeing how these things are changed. Or I'm seeing how someone can have that viewpoint. Or even the way that they change um, some of the verbiage. Um, Like, 
you know, like a lot, you know, race and pay and equality and all the different things, but they do it in a really clean way where it's not political. Nice. And so they've done a great way of distributing that. And so then like, but I, I like it because in my opinions and viewpoints, I'm not feeling that lower crappy vibration. I've actually been very entertained by it. And one of the characters in there is just hilarious. Like the way that the line delivery is the way that it, the way that speaking is, they've done just a great job. And so I've been jumping in and watching this and I've really become kind of like addicted to the show. And, but also I'm also wondering where the fuck they're going to go with it because what they did was the first season was more like in the, you know, 2018, 2019. Then they did the second season was they jumped basically a year or two ahead. And then now they've jumped like almost current. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where are you going to go next? <laughs> because you the can't predict. Teacher. Right. But they hit like all the points. Like, you know, you have like, and I, you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're like, okay, are they basing this off of like CNN or Fox news? Right. Because it's like, here's the sexual misconduct. And then you have like, so here's the anchor that had sexual misconducts. And then, Hey, here's the, um, the person that was in charge of the news channel that covered it for them. And then it was just like, and then all of the like, spider webs come out and so everything's coming out and people are connected to it and all this different stuff and then it's like okay then they're you know they have moments where they're talking to the women that had like had all of this stuff where a, a lot of them were consensual and that like so a lot of them were consensual and may have been pressured they may have been waking up with humiliation and they were waking up and then they might have had feelings of rape but at the same time they never threw the rape word around Mm. And they also very much depicted, you know, like, you know, like even at one point, Steve Carell is the, um, the anchor or whatever, and they've already killed him off, but so it doesn't matter. Oops. Sorry guys. Like, so like, <laughs> but, but Spoiler. yeah, but the, but, but the thing that he did a really good way of is he really, like he ended up having a conversation with one of them because he ended up going to one of the women to say, Hey, I need you to verify the story. And she's like, yeah, but what I remember is not how you remember it. And so then they had that exchange and he's like, okay but I didn't rape you. I seduced you. And he, you know, like, and so he really does the whole thing, but then he also has reflective periods of like, dude, I was an asshole for being such a seductress, you know, like, so there was, there was yeah. this coming to, and so there was, it was really just well written, well delivered, very impactful and interesting. Um, but I, but it shows how much the world has changed. Right. And so, and that's why, I'm sitting here and it's like a lot of times I don't like to see that. And this is probably one of the first shows where I've seen it and I've been like, okay. But if I were to have one of my kids watch it, I would not let them watch it by themselves. I would have to explain to them what was happening the whole freaking time to make sure that they understood because the emotional acting and what's happening can be complex in yeah, very complex and it could be misleading and there's a lot of um there's so many variables going on mm -hmm. and so somebody watching it would definitely be like oh you know like oh that was rape that was rape that was rape and it's like actually no it they were consensual activities and then they're humiliated but the point is is sexual misconduct shouldn't be happening in the workplace and they shouldn't be pressured or there shouldn't be that like whatever so it was just very 
interesting because there was so much, there was twisting and pulling and, you know, they even have some political things that come through and they say, make some statements or statements of that can be a little bit biased or whatnot. But at the same time, you know, like then the news is controlling how it's being delivered and everything is scripted. So it's really not. Then they, all of a sudden the station gets hacked and then they have to, and then they don't know what to say on air because their script's gone. Because everything was fake and acting. And so it was just very, it's been very cool experience. But it also just shows me how much the world has changed. And how like, I don't know about you, but I really like my sentence spin from when I was a little kid. (laughs) And I really liked how slow the 80s were. (laughs) I was like, that was my favorite toy. That was my favorite toy. And I still like to sit in twirly chairs and spin around in circles. (laughs) Don't go answer questions on my passwords. Now you know the answer. (laughs) Spinning in passwords or sit and spin? (laughs) Sit and spin. It was like, what's your favorite toy as a child? Sit and spin. Done. I didn't even know that was on this. I've never seen that question. (laughs) It is. Well, it was in the olden days. I don't know what it is now. Oh, I don't know. Now it's like, what was the first address to which you were... First address or something like that. Soramos yeah. Terrace, I think, was my first address. Yeah. 4102 Soramos Terrace, I think. I still keep an eye on my first address. Oh, my God. I've never done Actually, that. Actually, it wasn't my first address. It's just the first address that I remember. Mm. <laughs> first one I don't actually know what it was well you know what it's funny because I like I actually think I remember my address and now we have phone devices where I could actually look it up and show your children where you came from yeah look at that so you know it's like my story the house that I was brought home to when I was born I was only there a year okay and then we moved on to the property that I lived on to yeah on that I lived on Mm -hmm. until I was graduating from high school and so... Okay. So this almost so, kind of like a Kai situation. I was going to say that first year, I, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I know the name of the street, but I wouldn't know what house. It's not like I would remember it. My family, like my... Um, and I'm sure it doesn't have the shag carpet that I... <laughs> oh, man. The green shag... Was it green? No. We had green shag carpet in our family lake house on the top floor. And that was crazy. And then I remember the old bathroom, the old tiling, where the tiling went up through the wall. Like, the 1970s tile that, like... Oh, and it was brown. Like, like that's a hot color. You know, like, so just the way things were done. It, oh, man. But things lasted. Refrigerators lasted. Couches lasted. There was so much. Washers and dryers. Good Lord. I still have my washer and dryer from 1993. Oh. It works really, really well. They they were. It works better than the brand spanking new ones with all the digital crap that I have. I have the new <laughs> ones, and already the thing in the center is falling off. <laughs> and you've got nineteen ninety three, and mine were twenty seventeen. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. Yeah, I was here's say, to aging, <laughs> right? Well, and you know, it's like it sucks to me that we live in a throwaway world. I mean, it's like used to things were built to last. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, no, 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 you're going to have to, you're going to want to replace it in, you know, five years anyway. Right. And I'm like, no, I really don't. I I don't want to replace it in five years. I don't want to have to replace my car in three to five years because, you know, what is the reason for that? Why do, why do they make things to not last? Is that because people want to do makeovers? I remember when people designed their house. They, like, designed their house, they got their fixings, they got their style, whatever, and then 
they stayed in until they died. And right. then everybody's like, oh my God, look how old this carpet is. Or look how old this table is. And then like you normally inherited the table. Right? And then you kept antiques. <laughs> but now everyone buys everything brand spanking new. Or right. they, or they, it's like in five years they want to remodel and they get all brand new stuff. Yeah. And I'm like... I'm the person where when I buy something, I buy it to because I like it and I want it to stay that way. Right. Like, I'm in the old mindset of, like... Me too. You know, come into my house and, like, experience a blast from the past because, like, I have the antique, family antiques and yes. I have the things and I like them. Yeah. You know, and I love... I, it's hard to put, you know, my hoity-toity white family with my husband's Hawaiian, like culture but I found a blend and I like the blend you know it works and it makes me happy and I do like some of the new updated like stuff but it some of it does not go or it doesn't I don't feel connected to it it feels empty yeah a lot of the new stuff is cold and empty Mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't have that like home yeah it's like the the texture and the and I don't mean the physical texture, but the mm, heart, the weightiness of the yeah. heart of it. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. All right. right. Old biddies. Woo! <laughs>